Good morning, everybody. So it is Pentecost Sunday. And if you're new and you don't know what that means, you're going to find out. So don't feel left out. I'm going to explain it to you as we go through today's message. Um, but uh, I love talking about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's my best friend. It's been with me my whole life. Has <clears throat> taught me, led me, guided me through so much, and uh, such an important part. He's the we, He's the reason Jesus went to heaven, so we can have the Holy Spirit with us. So. Um, there is so much I could say on the Holy Spirit. I teach for 10 lectures on it in Bible college in just the first year alone, okay? And then again in second year. So what I'm going to say today in my two hours that I've got, well, what? Dad's not here, right? I don't hear no clock. No, I'm kidding. Um, in the 35 minutes I've got, uh, we're going to say as much as I can. So uh, realize that if you have a question, feel free to come up and talk to me afterwards or sign up for Bible college. That would be even better. But uh, uh, I'm not going to be able to hit on every single point, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to kind of explain as we talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit today. I hope that the day will not just be a day of information, but that there will be inspiration, Okay. And at the end, we're going to allow some time for impartation. All right? You like how I came up with those? All right, then. Let's get going. We're going to start with Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, see, Pentecost was a feast that they celebrated. That's why that's that name. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So notice, folks, the words there, each one. Each one means each one. Are you in each one? You're in each one. Each one of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All present were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. All 121. Their gender was not a consideration. Their race was not a consideration. Their age was not a consideration. Mary, Jesus' mother, was up in that room. So if you're a Catholic upbringing, there you go. Mary spoke in tongues. What do you do with that? And you see, it was not just the 12 apostles. There were nameless people in that room as well. The only difference was they weren't famous. They were just faithful. They just showed up and they got it, right? So this is what Jesus is talking about. Today, it's Pentecost. And Pentecost, the, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, was 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, and this is what Jesus said. He actually fulfilled. What was happening was what Jesus said would be fulfilled. If you read Acts chapter 1, a little earlier on, Acts chapter 1, verse 4, he says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So that's where we get it from, baptism in the Holy Spirit, right out of the scripture, okay? If you jump down to verse 8, he says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, even California. Can I get an amen? Come on. 
See, Jesus also said this, and those and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons and they will speak in new tongues. All right. So if you believe in his name, you should be casting out demons and speaking in new tongues. Not sure when the last time you was that you cast out a demon. <clears throat> I'm sure you know some people in your life. You could probably go try. <laughs> I'm just saying it's in the scripture. You could be like, I need to try something right now because I'm a believer. Okay. But we're going to focus on the baptism in the Holy Spirit today. So this is what happened on Pentecost. And this continued to spread all over the world. So I'm just going to give you a, a little disclaimer up front. The devil, the enemy, does not like this conversation. He does not like what I'm going to say today. He does not like you hearing about the Holy Spirit. So watch the distractions while I talk. Watch what happens in your mind and your thinking as I begin to share. Your mind starts to drift. You start thinking about what you've got to do. Or maybe you start getting argumentative with me in your mind. Well, this is that and this is that. Watch those thoughts. Take them captive when they come. Realize who that thought's coming from. Because if you have a question, jot it down. I'll talk to you afterwards, okay? But don't, don't allow the enemy to get in the way. <clears throat> you might ask, well, why would he do this? Why does he care? Well, because he was there. He saw what happened on Pentecost. He watched 120 people get filled and turn into 3,000 people in one day. They got 3,000 people saved and filled with the Holy Spirit in one day. That number continued to spread across the earth today. Those that are considered themselves spirit-filled, speaking in tongues, is over 600 million worldwide. That's not just people who consider themselves Christians, that's people who are, believe that they are filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And what happens is when that happens, people's lives get changed. Some of the greatest evangelists, the people who have done the greatest works for God, are Holy Spirit filled speaking in tongues, some of which we will cover today. So the Holy Spirit is very aware what happens when people get this power, okay? So he does not want you to hear what I'm going to say today. So let's begin. <clears throat> when you get born again, <clears throat> and you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is the one who does the work in your spirit. He changes your spirit. You get a new spirit. You become a new creation in Christ. He does the work. He comes to live inside of you. He comes to reside inside of you, okay? The scripture talks about then a second experience, if you want to use that word, called the baptism in the Holy Spirit that Jesus tells us we should have. There are actually three major baptisms in the Bible that we as believers are supposed to go through the process of having. The first baptism is when we get saved. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit does the work of baptizing you into the body of Christ. Let's look at some scripture. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. See what he's talking about there? The one body is the body of Jesus Christ. Okay? This is also what he's talking about in Ephesians 4 verse 4. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith. One baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. Now, don't get confused and be like, wait, what? That says one baptism. You just said there were three. 
Okay, this is Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He is definitely not contradicting himself, okay? Because he clearly talks, he knows there's the baptism in water, and there's a baptism in the Spirit, both of which he talks about. What he is talking about here is when he's saying, look, there's one Lord, and there is one faith. There's not all these divisions. There's one faith, and there's one baptism into this faith, okay? So the main baptism into the body of Christ is what he's talking about. You know, I think, I want to demonstrate this. I think it might be easier. I'm going to need three volunteers. Kimmy, come here. Brian and Terry. Terry, stand here, face the audience. Brian, stand here, face the audience. Kimmy, you just stand kind of where you are. Okay, so Terry's going to represent Jesus. I actually think this is like the second time in like months, right? Yeah, I don't know what's happening here. It's good. Uh, Brian is going to represent the Holy Spirit, okay? I'll represent the pastor in the human form, and Kimmy's going to represent the new convert who wants to get saved, okay? So, to get saved, the Holy Spirit takes Kimmy to Jesus, and he's going to move over to Jesus. There you go. And the Holy Spirit baptizes her into the body of Christ, into Jesus. There you go. Bend your knees. There you go. There you go. That's, that's good enough. All right. Holy Spirit, you come back in your place. That's the first baptism. Now, the second baptism is the baptism in water. Why do we do this? The scripture tells us that there should be an outward showing of an inward change, that we're supposed to make a confession of our faith. So when you decide to follow Jesus, then you go and get water baptized. Disclaimer, we will be doing a water baptism beginning of August for those who haven't been baptized. So when you go to get baptized in water, I'll be doing the baptism of the ladies, Brian of the gentlemen. We put you in the water. It's a declaration of, hey, I believe in Jesus. All my friends and family, come watch. When you get baptized in water, we simply baptize you in the pool. Good job. Good job, Kimmy. (laughs) All right. So that's the second baptism. So the third baptism happens when, when Kimmy decides, I would like to receive my prayer language. I would like to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized into the Holy Spirit. At that point, the Bible says Jesus baptizes us. So Jesus is going to take Kimmy to the Holy Spirit, and Jesus baptizes you into the Holy Spirit. Oh, Good job. There we are. There we go. Awesome. Thank you, my volunteers. Thank you, guys. Give them a nice round of applause. So whenever I pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I always tell them, imagine in your mind's eye that Jesus is standing here doing it, okay? Because the scripture is clear that Jesus is the one baptizing you. It changes people's mindset almost immediately and they can receive because it's a free gift. And what... Baptism means, is baptism means to immerse. You're immersed when you get baptized. So just like when he put her, when he baptized her, uh, when Brian baptized her into Jesus Christ, you become immersed in Christ. The Bible says you're hidden in Christ. That's why you get to heaven, because when God looks at you, he sees his son. That's why when you pray or come into his presence, you don't have to come whimpering because when he looks at you, he sees Jesus because you are immersed in Jesus. You are hidden in Christ. Isn't that cool? 
And that's what he's going to do for you in the Holy Spirit. He is going to immerse you into the Holy Spirit. Just one of the evidences that you receive when you are baptized is what Kimmy just did right there, is the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It is your own spirit language. The Holy Spirit gives you your own spirit language in which to communicate. You don't understand it. Guess what? Nor does the devil, nor does anybody else. Only the Holy Spirit and God. Pretty cool. You might say, well, why does the Holy Spirit give us this? What is so important about this spirit language? There are many reasons, but I'm only going to touch on a couple today. One of them is that the Holy Spirit wants to have fellowship with you. A fellowship that is so private and intimate that nobody else can understand it, not even the devil, okay? So how do we know that? Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. The scripture says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So break that scripture down. God gives us love. Jesus gives us grace, and the Holy Spirit gives us fellowship. So they all love to give gifts. So God gave his son Jesus to die for us. Jesus gave of himself, which is grace. That's how we get grace, okay? And then they, gave us bo- they both gave us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit thought the best gift he could give you was your own spirit language your own special way that you could communicate with him because he desires fellowship with you. He desires intimacy with you and he desires to commune with you. He wants to talk to you. But see, many people, many people don't have fellowship with the Holy Spirit um, because they, they view the Holy Spirit as a force, not as a friend. What they do is they see him as a a power instead of a person. And Jesus never referred to the Holy Spirit as it, always as he or as him. Because that's what we're supposed to have. We're supposed to have fellowship with him. The Holy Spirit is not a wind or a cloud or a fire or a power. He's not even a feeling. He is a person. And another thing, the Holy Spirit's gift is not conviction. It's communion. And you are fully qualified for this relationship. Some people say, well, I don't know if I feel good enough or righteous enough. Uh, I one time, I was speaking to this girl about something, and bless her heart, she said to me, she's like, I just, I'm not, I, I just don't think I'm, I'm, I'm good enough yet with what I know. And I was like, no, it's not about that. The Holy Spirit is a gift. The minute, just like you, as soon as you're saved, you qualify for, you, you got God's love, Jesus' grace in your life. As soon as you give your life to the Lord, you qualify to have this with the Holy Spirit, all right? So don't, don't delay that. But to walk in the Spirit, you must start talking to the Spirit, okay? And let me just throw this out there. Speaking in tongues is a miracle. Let's just get that straight. It's a miracle, If I was to tell you I was going to pray for you, and by the time I was done praying, you'd be able to speak Chinese, you'd be able to speak Mandarin fluently, you know? Wouldn't you say that was a miracle? You'd be like, whoa, that is a miracle, okay? You could speak another language. It's a miracle, but it wouldn't be strange if you could speak the language. I come from a country, South Africa, 
where we speak a second language called Afrikaans. It's a derivative of like Flemish and Dutch and English, and it's, you know, it's literally only spoken in South Africa, okay? But it, and if I began to speak it right now, you might say, oh, that sounds different, but it's just, it might sound different to you. It's not strange because it's a language. The same thing in tongues. Tongues is not mumbling or gibberish or making something up. It is an actual language. So it's not strange or weird or whatever. It's just different. You might not have heard it before, so it might be different. And even when it comes out of your own mouth, you might think, huh, that sounds different because I'm not making these words up. It's coming out of my spirit, but it is definitely an, a language. And yes, it requires an element of faith to speak in tongues, people. Because you have to open up your mouth. You have to choose to speak. The Holy Spirit is not going to come up behind you and wind you up and take your mouth and blah, 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 blah. That could get us in a lot of trouble. No. If you want to keep your lips closed, nothing is going to come out of them. It's like when I pray for people, I say, you need to open your mouth when we begin to pray. And even if you mumble mumbum or say some valves and then the spirit will rise up and, and the language will come out some people get one or two words some people it comes out like a river maybe they get one word and maybe as the time progresses they keep coming to the prayer meetings and suddenly one day it just comes out of them i have never not i've never prayed for somebody who has not received whether they received some people get it in a minute some people takes five minutes i prayed for a lady just a few weeks ago it took us 20 minutes she was so <laughs> she was so under the anointing the power of god was so strong all over she was enjoying it so much i kept saying you have to actually open your mouth and start talking i know you're enjoying this but like i mean the presence of god was so strong she was just having such a great time she forgot she was supposed to be like you know she finally did receive but uh so some people it sometimes takes a little bit uh longer or sometimes you get one word and it might take a few months before you have the faith to speak out more but i've always Everybody I've always prayed for receives. So don't think, oh, that, that won't happen for me. So what is the other benefits of it? Praying in your spirit language also enables us to pray the perfect will of God. And that's also in the scriptures. We can pray the perfect will of God over any situation or circumstance of life. So please, if you ever think of me and think, Pastor Cindy needs prayer, which I do, just take the five minutes and pray in the spirit for me, Okay. Pray in the Spirit and allow God to figure out what I need. Don't limit Him with your English. How many of you ever thought that you limit God with your prayers? See, the Bible says, you know, we have to pray and ask in faith. So you could pray and ask in faith. You could have a situation that you're, folk, you're, you're trying to solve. And, you, and, of course, most of us, when we pray, we kind of already have the idea of how it should be solved, don't we? We're kind of going to God with, like, God, <clears throat> the problem can be solved like this if you would just give this to me, okay? So most of us pray in English, and we're like, God, I need you to solve this problem. I need X, Y, Z. And God is looking down at you going, mm, no, sister, you need A, B, C, and you're asking me for X, Y, Z. That's not going to solve the problem. But see, if you prayed in the Spirit, then you allow the Holy Spirit to talk. And then you're speaking in my language. You're speaking the language of heaven. I can answer that prayer. So many times we think we know what we need. You know, we're like, Lord Jesus, I know what my spouse needs. Let me list it, okay? I can pray in English for him. Lord, you know I know what he needs, okay? God's like, no, you don't. Pray in the Spirit. 
Pray in the Spirit. If you have something you're praying for, thinking for, picture it in your mind. Lord, this is, what I, this is what's on my mind. This is what's on my heart. This is what I'm trying to deal with. Picture it in your mind and pray in the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God to move on that situation and answer those prayers for you. Praying in the Spirit, according to the book of Jude, also says it builds us up. It builds you up. It's like taking your phone when the battery is really running low and plugging it into the charger in the wall and you just watch it suddenly come back to life. You're like, oh, there you are, my little phone. And it just starts to light up again because it's all happy and bright. It's charges there. I don't know how it works. I'm not God. But when you pray in the spirit, you get charged up. You get charged up. If you've gone through a lot, if you're in a place where you're like, man, I'm just so down, I'm dealing with depression, or I'm dealing with this anxiety, or I'm, I've got this issue happening, or, or God, I'm just feeling so overwhelmed, just take 15 minutes and begin to pray in the Spirit. And I'm not talking about the praying in the Spirit that I do at Sprouts, which is like, you know, just praying. I'm just praying, you know, just praying. See, his phone's charged up. Um, he's... You know, not just that quiet praying in the spirit where you're like praying under your breath. I'm talking about praying in the spirit. Like you increase the intensity when you begin to pray like you're charging and you pray for 15 minutes. Trust me, when you're done, you're going to be like, what's happening? I'm not God. I don't know how he does it, what he does it. We're a spirit being more than we are flesh and blood. So sometimes some stuff is not. We don't have it all figured out. And that's good because if we did, our God would be very small. Okay? So I like the mystery. I'm just trying to tell you what I've learned from experience. Praying for 15 minutes. Speaking of that, there's a, a, a lady who's a, you might have heard her name. Her name is Jackie Pullinger. I think I have a photo of her. She is a, a, a has been for many years since the 1960s. Guys, we have the notes over the, over, the, over the photos. Okay, there we go. It's all good. Now you know. Take it down after a minute. So Jackie Pullinger, uh, she was an evangelist to Hong Kong in the 1960s. She's from Britain. And when she got there, she was just not having any success. Her, her drive was, her passion was to witness to the drug addicts, the prostitutes, the, the gangs, and that kind of stuff. And she was just not having any uh, luck, if you want to use that word, in getting them to turn to Jesus. And she met a couple, and they told her about the Holy Spirit and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And they got her baptized in the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. And she said, she said she didn't experience anything when she got it, but she, she got her language, but there was no sensation, no anything else. And so she didn't really speak in tongues. She didn't see anything really change. And she met later with that couple, and they said, no, no, no. You need to start praying in the Spirit regularly. And she said, well, I don't feel anything when, they, when I pray. And they said, pray for 15 minutes a day by the clock. Just do that for us. She said, okay. So she started praying for 15 minutes a day. Within a few weeks, she started noticing that almost every person she started witnessing to started coming to the Lord, turning to the Lord. She saw people, drug addicts, prostitutes, gang members, all turning from their way of life. And then she started trying to help them come off the drugs. Most of them on, were, were on opium, which coming off opium is almost impossible because of the severe pain that they, the body goes through. And she said, God, what, how do I help these people? And he get them baptized in the Holy Spirit is what the Lord said to her. So she got them all baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. And she said, as the pain comes, she said, pray in the Spirit. 
And they began to intercede and pray in the spirit and the pain and the sensation of the withdrawals would lift and they'd be able to get clean. Come on, Jesus. So the baptism into the Holy Spirit enables you to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has many gifts. Maybe next time I preach, I'll talk on on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But there's the miracles. There's gifts of healing, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, power. But with that, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll also help you overcome whatever has been holding you back. And that could be a host of things. How many of you know the name Smith Wigglesworth? Okay, great. Awesome. So we've got a photo of Smith Wigglesworth. That's him. Uh, lived in the er- evangelist who lived in the early 1800s. Uh, I'm sorry, the late 1800s, early 1900s. And he was known for his hundreds of healings that he did. Unique healings, amazing healings. He also raised 14 people from the dead, including his own wife. Twice. Well, twice kind of in the same moment because she died again. He brought it back again. After she was already taken to the, to the hospital, by the way. She was already pronounced dead. But so she, he brought her back, and, and in that moment, she said, I've, re- I've seen heaven. You've got to let me go. And the Lord spoke to him and said, her work is done. Let her go. And so he said goodbye, and he let her go. But yes, so this, but what many people don't know about Smith Wigglesworth is that until he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which didn't occur for the first 20 years of their ministry, for the first 20 years of his ministry, his wife preached. He didn't preach because he had a severe stutter. He met his wife at the Salvation Army. Back when the Salvation Army started and it was good, keep going, uh, the Salvation Army used to allow women to preach. Thank you, Salvation Army. And his wife was preaching there, and he would sit on the stage with his wife while she preached because he couldn't preach because of the stutter. And then he heard about this baptism in the Holy Spirit, and he went to a, 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 a pastor who said, hey, he, can, he operates in that. He got beautifully filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. Revival started to break out. When he gets back to his hometown where his wife is, and he walks in the front door, I'm going to read you from his account what happened because it's kind of old English, and I think it's hysterical. So he says, my wife said to me, so you've been speaking with tongues, have you? I replied, Yes. Well, she said, I want you to understand that I'm as much baptized as you are, and I don't speak in tongues. I have been preaching for 20 years, she continued, and you've sat beside me on the platform. But on Sunday, you'll preach yourself, and I'll see what there is to see. So she's like, "Mm mm-hmm, you got your Holy Spirit, have you? Mm Mm-hmm. Let's see it. So... Smith gets up on the stage, God gives him this word, and he starts to preach. Here comes the fire, here comes the power, forget the stutter. She's in the pew, sliding up and down in the, in the pew. He says, finally, after a while, she can't take it. She just shouts out, that's not my Smith. Lord, that's not my Smith. <laughs> People start flocking to, the, flocking to the altar saying, I want what he's got. Before they could get here, they fall out under the power. Some are rolling around in laughter. Some are speaking in tongues. The others are crying. He said every single one of them received the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, including his wife. <laughs> that was the huge revival that then began to break out. And everywhere he went, people received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You see, it, 
he received more than his prayer language. It revolutionized his life and his ministry. He became a hundred times more effective for the kingdom. Realize that if there is something holding you back from receiving this, that you are being robbed of your effectiveness in the kingdom. You are being robbed of your effectiveness in life. Let me just say it like it is. Wigglesworth said this. I'm going to read his quote. But I found the full presence and power to restore believers and to heal the sick. My experience is that this does not take place in some meetings. So what he's saying is people can be healed. He, he, he operated in divine healings and the Holy Spirit moved. But he's saying in some meetings this doesn't happen. So this is his reasoning why. He says, but this does not take place in some meetings. The reason is that to a great measure they do not believe the full gospel. And it is nothing new to me to find great leaders against the tongues. And I find that even in these times, they cannot enter in because of their unbelief. And he finishes with, I praise God for Pentecost. Challenge your heart. Say, do I believe the full gospel? Another great evangelist, his name was John G. Lake. John G. Lake had 100,000 recorded healings in his ministry in the five years during the early part of the 20th century. John G. Lake said this, I want to talk with the utmost frankness and say that praying in tongues has been the making of my ministry. It is that peculiar communion with God when God reveals to my soul the truth I utter to you day by day in the ministry. If you've ever had the... the the privilege of praying for somebody for some sickness or something and they and they get healed you know to get healed means you get healed quicker than the extended time maybe you break your leg and you pray for somebody and they get healed in two weeks versus two months it's still a healing okay maybe you've, you've had that opportunity you pray for somebody their headache went away and you're like whoa so cool right so cool when we get to be part of that imagine saying you have a hundred thousand recorded healings in your back pocket Come on, people. How many people would you influence for the kingdom of God if the next time they complain about an ailment or a sickness, you say, let me pray for you, and they get healed of the cancer? Do you think they're going to want to come to your church? Want to hear about your Jesus? Yes, so I think it's important when we listen to people that have had these recorded things. What was the making of your ministry? Of all the things he could say, he said, praying in tongues. Are we seeing the importance of this if we want to make a difference, not only in our own lives, but in the life around us? <clears throat> but, you know, how many, people, how many people here have been praying in tongues uh, either since you were a child, since you were young, or at least for over 10 years? Raise your hands. Okay, so a good number of you. So I, I received uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit when I was four years old, Okay probably heard the story. My mom was praying on the floor, laying down the floor. I went and laid next to her, started to pray, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. So for as long as I can remember, I could speak English and I could speak in tongues. I had these dual languages. What I noticed in my earlier life is that I sort of took it for granted because if I needed to pray and ask God for something, I could pray in English or I could switch over and pray in the Spirit. So because I had it my whole life, there was almost this taking it for granted what it was and what it was there for. 
it was when I started to get really hungry for God. When I started to cry out, Lord, I want more of you. There's more of you. I know there's more. I want more. Holy Spirit, I want more. Take me deeper, Holy Spirit. In those moments when I was crying out for him and my spirit would begin to pray, here it would come and it would gush out of me. My spirit began to pray with such intensity that literally my mind was kind of like, what's happening right now? Are we even involved? No, shush, go away. Like my... This is, is constant in my mind, right? So my, my spirit is praying, and I could tell the intensity that my spirit is praying with that my t- tears begin to roll down my face. I'm like, what is going on? This is crazy. And at the core of my being, I knew this is the communion I'm created for. This is the moment when my spirit is talking to the creator of the universe. God Almighty is downloading into me as, he's, as I'm speaking. I don't even know what he's saying, but I love it. There's more, God, more. It's in those moments where I'm consumed with the spirit. My spirit is talking to me, and my spirit is saying, you know in that moment you are loved. You're wanted. You're needed. You're endowed with the power of the most high God in you. You're, this is the God. This is the moment. That communion that you can't experience on earth, it's a higher level. It's a level that you're like, oh, oh, God. You know, I don't know if you've ever in your life as a Christian experienced that moment. And if you, if you haven't, you can just ignore this part of the message. But um, that moment where you question if God's even real, where you're like, one day you're having a day or a week or a month and you're like, I don't know, is, is, is God even real? Like, what am I doing? Is this, are we, are we sure the Bible's real? Are we sure, are we sure he's up there? I mean, like, there's so many questions. I don't, I don't feel anything. God, are you even real? Not sure if you've ever asked yourself that question. The issue I always faced was when I would ask that question, I would say to myself, I get it, Cindy, I get all your questions, but what do you do with this? What do you do with I don't know. What do you do with that, Cindy? I mean, I love apologetics, people. You know me. I, can, I love all the histori- uh, historicity of the Bible. I love proving the Bible is accurate. I love showing you all the facts. I love the science. I love it all. But more than all of that, you've got... What on earth do you do with that? That is not made up. That is a language that God Almighty gives to us. <laughs> so when you have a moment of doubt where you're like, hmm, I don't know if God's real. <laughs> Once you have that, you'll never doubt again. Because when you're having a doubtful moment, you just be like, I don't know what to do with this, but I've definitely got a language here, people, that I didn't learn. It is a great testimony. It will keep you till the end of your days. With all that nonsense happening out there, trying to pull you which way, and you don't know which way is up or down or what to believe, this will keep you. The Holy Spirit will guide you, will give you the truth so you know what to believe. You know, when we went to India, we took two different teams um, back in 2017 and 2019 to India. Um, and the last trip in 2019, we saw the Holy Spirit move in a way that I had never witnessed in my life. And um, I'm not sure, do we have any of my team here? Any of the people that went to India? Stand up, let's see you. Oh, yeah, there they are. Woohoo! Thanks, guys. 
I realized after our first trip to India that these people needed the Holy Spirit. They needed the power of the Holy Spirit. Just getting them, just praying for their needs wasn't going to help. They're going to have more needs tomorrow. So this happened in two of our meetings, but I've got some pictures of the very last meeting. This, uh, this was our last night crusade, and there was probably about 600 people. There's a couple different photos. You can just flash through them. That's me on the stage with the um, translator and then the, people, the team behind me. And so what I did is I wanted to re- the, them to receive the Holy Spirit. And so at the end of the prim, at the end of the time, we asked, you know, who wants to be saved? And then said, all right, who would like to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? And about 200 hands went up. And there was no space down front, okay? My team was, I think there were 17 of us. We're never going to be able to get to everybody. So we just made them stand up. And I said, you're going to say a little prayer. We're going to say, thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. When I count to three, you're going to begin to pray. Not in English, not in any other known language you have. You're going to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I said, are you ready? One, two, three. And I said, come, Holy Spirit. And people began to speak in tongues across the place. People were falling out under the power. Now, let's just let me tell you, there's no catches. When you fall in a crowd like that, you're taking out multiple people, okay? So you see them going down, right? I mean, people are crying. People are laughing. You've got young people who are, like, mostly conservative now shaking with the power of God as it hits them. Just the entire place. I mean, over 100 people received in one go, just speaking in tongues. Then my team got to go down and, to, and pray for the rest of them that, that were struggling to receive. Every single one of them received the baptism in the Holy Spirit that night. Don't tell me it's not for everybody. It is for everybody. Their lives were radically changed. They had an encounter with God. And, you know, I, I, my dad had told me these experiences, but I had never witnessed it myself until we had this experience that happened in two different meetings. And then last year when I was looking online at some of Reinhard Bonnke's um, videos, Reinhard Bonnke went on to be with the Lord, but he is, well, we've got a photo of him. Remember him from Africa? He, had, he got over 70 million people saved. I'm just going to go live in his castle in heaven. Um, But he got over 70 million people saved. He preached on the Holy Spirit constantly. So I'm going to show you a clip here in a minute. It's only one minute long. But before I do, I want to introduce what he's just done. He's preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he says to them, when I'm done, he's led them through the prayer. Now he's going to say, one, two, three, I want you to say your hallelujah and begin to pray. Right? So that's what he said. So let's watch this clip. And then he begins to pray in tongues. We'll have the lights down. Thank you. And now close your eyes, please. And now lift your hands, please. And now shout your hallelujah. Come on! 
one. 600,000 people getting filled with the Holy Spirit at one time. Come on. Do you see he could have taught them anything, but he knew getting them filled with the Holy Spirit, that power, that is what you need, folks. That is what you need. This is what's going to change your life. If you don't already have it, this is what you need. And if you do have it, you need to start increasing your time, praying in the Holy Spirit with some fervency, because this is the kind of impact we can have. Because when you receive that gift, it's not just the gift of speaking in tongues. With that, it's the river of life. It's the river of peace. It's the river of joy. It's the river of fire. It's the miracles because he is a spirit of healing. That's what comes. So when you receive, you shouldn't just expect to receive your language. You should expect miracles because the Holy Spirit has those gifts inside of you. They're all yours. 